Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today we're going to talk about why cats bite. Ten reasons, in fact. I could think of ten. There's probably a whole lot more, but I could come up with ten all kind of off the top of my head as to why cats bite you, us humans. <laughs> and before we jump into that, let me welcome my handsome husband and wonderful co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Yay! <laughs> Hello <laughs> out there to all you cat fans in the great big cat world. Okay, so, and to you, my beautiful love and my beautiful wife. So, that's interesting. Ten reasons why they bite. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, this has got to be a huge topic all on itself, but... You know, I know that Pico lately has started, Pico being our cat, uh, has started nipping or biting a little bit. And, you know, I'll walk past him. He's on the counter and he might reach out and grab me and nip at me a little bit. Or, you know, he might uh, attack my feet and bite at me or something. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to take some notes and see what I can do about mm. this little monster biting me. Now, he attacks your feet and, and bites your feet? He does sometimes, yeah. Mm, he never does that to me. What do you think that's about? You know, I'm, you know let me call that uh, cat behaviorist woman and find out. <laughs> <laughs> know any good ideas? <laughs> With Pico, I, I usually do know what that's about. <laughs> um, because with Pico, he tends to bite for attention-seeking reasons. And and actually, I, I guess I don't have these numbered in any particular order, but when I jotted them down, attention-seeking was, was number 10, actually the, the last one. But since you brought that up, we'll make it number one. And, you know, I, the times that he bites me is usually to try to get my attention. And, you know, I know what I'm supposed to do is ignore him. But, man, is it hard to ignore a cat that's biting you, right? Right, yeah, <laughs> I have a problem with that. <laughs> I mean, what do you do when he bites your feet? I I, I think it's uh, in my thought. Of course, you know, can't speak cat language. But um, I'm thinking he is ready to be fed and I'm not moving fast enough. So he's biting the feet to hurry up and get them uh, going. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's my, well, that's... my interpretation. Next time I'll try to ask him, why are you biting my feet? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's uh, that's something I didn't have on my list that I should have, that they're hangry. <laughs> hangry. Hangry. Right. How do you handle a hangry cat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you feed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, but how do you react? I mean, when he bites your feet, what do you do? You know, I typically just move my feet out of the way and, you know, it, it's mostly, um, like, uh, if 
I am sitting down and it's about time for him to eat. I think it's more about that. I'm really hungry. You know, can you come and get me something to eat? And he bites the closest thing to him at the time. Mm-hmm. But when I say bite, I'm not talking about something that's, you know, skin piercing kind of, you know, I'm going to rip out a chunk of you. It's more about nipping at, you know, not saying it's pleasurable, but it's not necessarily that draw blood kind of bite. So, you know, I think he's just kind of trying to to talk to me. I don't know. That's mm. that's a conversation that I got to have with you sometime out. <laughs> well, I've noticed when he bites your feet, you talk to him and you move your feet. Right? Yeah. You go, Pico, hey, yeah, what are you yeah, doing? yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're fulfilling that attention seeking because it's like, oh, I got your attention. You're not focused on me and not what it is that you're doing. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that um that definitely is a is attention seeking. And then definitely hungry. You know, I don't know why I didn't have hunger on the list because that's that's true. Although what I do have on my, well, no, he doesn't even fall under that. No, hungry. We got to add hungry. This is going to have to be 11 reasons cats bite. And, you know, and actually I thought of another one. Well, it is on the list. We'll talk about that because it is number eight on the list and it's redirected energy. And we've seen that from him recently, too. We had a a peeping tomcat in the neighborhood. (laughs) Somebody (laughs) literally peeping peeping tom. Yes. He would come and sit in the windows at night and just stare in the window. It was like that, you know, it was kind of crazy. And and. And Pico likes cats. So Pico was excited. You know, Pico was like, oh, look, it's another cat. But he couldn't get to him. Mm-hmm. Even when he was out in his cat run and the and the peeping Tom would be out there, the peeping Tom won't get close enough to where they can play through the bars and things. And so Pico couldn't get at it. So when cats, it, it's really redirected aggression, right? But what it means is when cats can't get to something, a stimulus, that is either exciting or annoying them, then they'll take it out on the closest thing to them. And oftentimes that's us. And so I I saw Pico got very bitey during those, you know, four or five days after this peeping Tom started coming around because he desperately wanted to get at this cat. I mean, this cat would sit literally with his nose on the window and Pico would roll around on the floor and paw at the glass. They'd be pawing at each other through the glass and, you know, really trying to get at him. And it gave Pico a lot of pent up energy that he couldn't direct towards the outlet of what was causing it. So he was directing it towards us too. Right. Right. So. Okay. So what's the first on the list then? Hangry? Well, <laughs> not hangry, but it should have been. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> must have been in a hurry when I made this list. Yeah. The first thing on the list is when you're doing something they don't like. So basically, they're biting to try to control the situation, to control you. Like if you're petting them in an irritating way. Or if you're petting them just simply when they don't want to be pet. I posted a video on social media of Pico doing that just recently. God, we're talking about Pico biting a lot. <laughs> People uh, yeah, but he's, he's really not. I mean, no, we just notice it because like, he doesn't ever. 
you know, he just recently yeah. started doing that. And, yeah. And and he does it in in very specific situations like you know, I have created this place for him to to lay in the, in my office on this tall set of uh, filing cabinets. And when he's up there, he does not want to be pet. He's like, this is my nap zone. And when I'm up here, this is the no pet zone. And I've, I've got to honor that. And when I don't honor that, when I pet him anyway, just because he's so stinking cute. And I walk by and I go, oh, my God, he's cute. I got to touch him. Then he bites at me to say, uh-uh, you forgot the rule. This is the no pet zone. So, <laughs> you know, they do it. They do it as a controlling gesture to to get you to, you know, stop doing something that they don't like. Like, you know, it's usually involved in touching them when they don't want to be touched or where they don't want to be touched or for how long they don't want to be touched. And it's usually what that's about. Has wow. he done that? Yeah, you know, I do notice that too. Sometimes uh, I will be petting him on top of the head when he's rubbing up against the side, you know, his cheeks are rubbing up against the side of my hand or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I reach up to buy but to pet his head and it almost tells me, okay, I don't want you to pet me up there. I want you to pet me on the side of my yeah. cheek and uh down my body and you know, whatever. But uh yeah, yeah they're I get that. They're real good at, at showing you how to pet them. You know, you pretty much if you just stick your hand out there and let them pet themselves you know, that's that's usually good for cats because they'll just rub up against your hand like they like they want to. But, yeah, he he doesn't really like his head pet as much. He loves to rub the side of his face and, and his chin. He kind of likes that and his chest and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, when you're doing something they don't like, they're going to bite you. Okay. So what uh, what's number two? <clears throat> well, they bite when they're when they're anxious so you know like like we snap if if we're uneasy about something we'll tend to snap at people you know and 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 in this case i kind of mean this like you know there's been a a trauma event here's here's a good example i guess of of this is when you know, we had a, a foster cat, a blueberry, in fact, and blueberry ended up having a, a rear leg amputated. But before he went in for his surgery, he, you know, he was fostering with us, of course, before, during and after surgery. But he was in a lot of pain and he was on my lap and was kind of one of the first times I had him out in a room with Tabasco. And Tabasco had come over and you know, sniffed him, they went nose to nose, and they just kind of went, oh, hello, and no real reaction. And Tabasco was off on the other side of the room, and I wasn't holding tightly enough to Blueberry, and he jumped down. And when he jumped down and that leg hit the ground, he cried out. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, and he was like, you know, like, oh, that hurt. And Tabasco came bolting from the back and just broadsided him and they went tumbling into this horrible horrible fight and you know it it happens when cats get very anxious you know if there's some sort of traumatic event they don't like to hear other cats making sounds of distress 
for some reason that really sets him off. And like, if you've got to be real careful if you're watching a, a YouTube video of cats fighting or cats making yowling noises and things like that. And I, I won't do that again. <laughs> because if you're listening and your cats are listening, I don't want to set them off. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. So anxious when they're very anxious is is another one. So that's not the same as being insecure, right? That anxiety that you're talking about or anxiousness is not necessarily insecurity. It kind of goes back to that Rolodex I talked about once before. You know, got what's my cat doing now? Let me go through the Rolodex. Oh, it could be anxious. <laughs> it could be, you know, just crazy. It could be, oh, my God needs medication. Or it could be that's just insecure. Okay, well, let's roll on to number three then. <laughs> So number three is kind of related to anxiousness and, and it's overstimulation. I see this a lot in a in a shelter setting. So let me let me describe this in a shelter setting. A cat is, you know, being forced to live in a two by two box, or maybe it's a two by four box is usually about as good as it gets, or they're in a group room with four other cats, but whatever. They're 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 in a confined space. They have lost their sense of control of their environment. They can't get out and run around. They don't get to pray play, you know, they're and they're in there for sometimes weeks on end. And they get, you know, they just get hypersensitive. And you go to pet down their back and they'll whip their head around and and bite you. And mm. and the way it looks at home is it's those calls I get where people say, all I was doing was petting my cat. And yeah. I said, well, you know, tell me exactly when it was. How many times did you stroke your cat and where and in what way before it bit you? And they'll say, well, I was petting from its head down to its back, head down to the tail, head down to the tail. And uh, after five times, it bit me. And so what we're doing is we're, we're overstimulating the cat. The cat finds that petting you know, stimulating, of course, even sometimes it'll generate static electricity. So it's actually, you can see the stimulation, you can see the sparks if you're doing it at night in the dark. <laughs> and think of it that way. And your cat may not be able to tolerate too much of it. So it's also kind of like number one, when you're doing something they don't like, but that's more, you know, one time, not five times overstimulation is something that builds a stimulus yeah. that is is building to a, a, a climatic point of disregard you know and so if your cat does that if you go well i was just petting him either you're petting him in a way they don't like or if it's on about the fifth repetition then you've overstimulated your cat and you need to interact less with them you know, one of the things that I was interested to learn recently, I think we were doing our horse care and I hadn't thought about this, but, you know, sometimes there might be some static electricity that's building between you and you petting the cat. Is that sometimes something, maybe it's not noticeable to us, but maybe it's just enough that the cat feels it or picks up on it. Is that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're all energy beings. And so, and definitely when when one energy field comes in contact with another energy field, you know, it's it's blending, it's meshing. And sometimes like, 
I don't know if you've ever held your hand. There's so much static electricity, especially in the winter air. You hold your hand over your cat's back and its hair will kind of rise yeah. you know, along yeah. with your hand. So absolutely, there's there's energy there that the cat feels on on many levels. And I know, you know, I've gone up to cats and put my finger or my knuckle out to say hello and it zaps them on the nose you know it's like a big snap <laughs> yeah. and then of course they're not going to come back to that right right <laughs> so i try to try to ground myself before i pet a cat just because it does yeah you're absolutely right about that yeah okay well then what's number 4 on your list uh, number 4 is is confinement when you corner a cat if you corner a cat and you don't give it any way to escape, then it's going to bite, usually as a last resort. They're kind of like snakes in that regard. You come up on a snake and a snake's going to flee before it turns around and bites you. It's going to try to get away from you. But if you corner a snake, then it's going to, it'll bite you at a self-defense. And the same thing with a cat. A cat's always going to run from you to get away from you if it can. Um, it'll hide Obviously, if it can, it'll freeze. A lot of times they just freeze in fear and they don't move at all. But if you keep pushing beyond a comfort zone before into what we call the behavior threshold, if you cross that threshold, then they are going to lash out and you may, you may absolutely get bit because you have cornered them or confined them where they have no escape route whatsoever. Cats like to have... You know, we always say cats like to have choices, and then they do, but that's really, really evident in physical space, like litter boxes. You know, making an ideal litter box is a space that has two exit paths because cats don't want to be trapped. It's very, very ingrained into their genetic DNA. They, they don't want to be cornered. They do not want to be confined, which makes, you know, makes them... Like we get strays in the shelter and they, you would think it's a full-on feral cat and we have a rescue partner that returns them back to the neighborhood that they come from and I'll often hear, well, let him out of the, the carrier and he rolled around in the dirt and then came and rubbed up against me and is purring and letting me pet him, you know, and in the shelter, he was ready to take your arm off because yeah. they're confined in such a, a small space and they've been stripped of all of their choices so confinement is is a scenario where you'll find cats bite. Okay, so you know I I can understand that if that's a feral cat, but that is that really the case <clears throat> if it's uh, your house cat and you're confining it like that? I mean, is that I mean, wouldn't that need to be some other combination of anxiousness or something else before that? Or does, the house, does your house cat do that? It, it could be. I mean, I, I if you if Pico, yeah, were uncomfortable, then and you kind of pushed him into a corner where he has no way out, you know, or you confine him. You know, if we confine him, if you try to hold him really yeah. tight and you don't let him go and he doesn't want to get, he'll bite you. You know, so yeah, it can be any cat. They don't like confinement. Unless it's a unless it's an Amazon box, then they like to get in there. But not if you tape them in there. <laughs> right. Okay. What's uh, halfway through the list? What's number five? Number five is pain, and and that's a very easy to understand one. If a cat is in pain, and you know you're nearby, they're going to bite you. Or if you touch it 
in, in a place where it hurts, they're going to bite you. I see this a lot uh, with cats. You know, if, if somebody says my cat's biting me again, I'm like, where, you know, under what circumstances? Well, when I pet, you know, close to its tail, maybe there's a vertebrae out of whack there. There are, by the way, cat and, and dog um, chiropractors. No way. I oh, have yeah. not heard of them. Yeah. Wow. We have a friend here in town that's a, a cat chiropractor. Remember I took, well, oh. yeah, you might wear around, but I took Rescue Kitty to her. Um, and she did, did good, good work on her. But, you know, cats have a lot of vertebrae. Their whole body depends on their, their vertebrae. And if you have a declawed cat, it's now walking different because cats walk on their tippy toes. So when you declaw them, now that you've shifted their weight back off their tippy toes because um, it hurts and back onto more like their heels and it throws their spine out of whack and, and it can be sore just like us when our backs hurt, you know, or anything. Maybe your cat's got a you know, some sort of sticker in its paw and it's good at hiding it. And you go to trim their nails and you, you push that toe out that has that sticker in it and he bites you. So anytime <laughs> they're in pain, they're going to, they're going to bite because they're hurting and, and they feel very, very vulnerable when they're in pain. Yeah, no, I, I mean, we all can identify with that for sure. You know, I get it. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well, what's number six then? Well, number six is um, kind of related. Well, not really related to that. Number six is is fear. They'll bite as a defensive reaction just because they're under socialized. This is, you know, this is the feral cat that doesn't know who these big old scary people are. You know, it's Planet of the Apes. Ah, and we don't know who these big scary creatures are. And it's going to get me. So out of out of a defensive reaction, out of fear, it will, they'll bite you because they're just, they're scared. And, and it's a defensive, you know, like you come at me and, you know, it's like defending yourself, you know, physically, if you probably aren't going to go around punching people, but if someone's coming at you, you, you're liable to land a blow and punch to defend yourself. The same thing with the cat. It'll bite out of fear. Oh, fear. That makes a lot of sense. I'm one of those kind exactly. And I, you know, grew up in the country and grew up, you know, hunting at night. But when something, when I feel like something's stalking me or there's something behind me or something near me that I'm not aware of or they, or somebody comes up behind me, I mean, my fear causes me to jump and react. So I'll automatically jump and punch at the same time. And I don't know where that came from, but it just happened. So I well, get I'm that gonna, one. I get that one too. I mean, sometimes you just kind of go, "Whoa, uh, bang!" I'm gonna have to remember not to sneak up behind yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> no sneaking up because it's called jump and punch. <laughs> Before yeah, I, I know what's going on, it's jump and punch. Yeah. So <laughs> thankfully, I I haven't experienced that. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. <laughs> Okay, number seven. What do you what do you got for number seven? So seven actually could have been the hungry one. Um, seven is excited when a cat is really excited about something like before dinner, you know. So Pico gets really excited to eat. He's like, I'm so excited, I'm so excited, you're making my dinner. Yay! I'm gonna get so excited, I'm just gonna have to gnaw on you a little bit, you know. <laughs> and it's not not excited like you know, like unhappy or excited about a, 
you know, what am I trying to say? Like, like overstimulated, kind of like overstimulated, but a little different, like excited, a happy excited, mm-hmm. like dinner, dinner's coming. Yay, yay, yeah, yay, yeah, 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 bite, 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 bite. No, no, no. Cause he does that to you when you're feeding him, right? He's up on the counter and you're trying to prep his dinner. Yeah. 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 He usually rubs on my shoulder right next to the sink, you know, when I'm making it, he usually, he gets more loving when he knows I'm actually preparing it. If I'm not preparing it, that's when I get a little nibble. Like, get your <laughs> ass back to preparing my shit. <laughs> like, hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. You're yeah, not hurry doing up, it hurry fast up. enough. I'm hangry. <laughs> yeah. Excitement. Okay. So what's number eight? We talked about number eight. That was redirected energy, like peeping Tom. And uh, we talked about number 10, attention-seeking. So number nine is the last one we have, and that is rough play. When you have a kitten, and and you guys are particularly bad about this, and you go, you play with them with your hands, you go, ah, the claw, you know, and the kitten's on its back, and you, you put your hand down over him, and you're kind of, you know, wiggling him back and forth, and he's like, ah, and he's clawing and biting you because it's so cute because they're teeny tiny. Well, they think, oh, that's what hands are for. We're supposed to, we're supposed to play with them like that. And, you know, play to cats is simulating hunting and hunting results in biting. And so that's all part of that prey play process. And if they confuse hands with toys, with rough play, then they're going to grow up to be cats who think it's okay to bite hands. And they don't understand why you're unhappy about that because you used to love it when it was a kitten. And so I hear that a lot when people adopt cats that are you know, two years old is usually kind of that sweet spot time that this happens. You know, they get surrendered to a shelter, somebody adopts it and they go, you know, this has been happening since I adopted the cat. He's, he's a biter. He's biting me. And, and it's, it's out of play. You know, it can always be a combination of these things. I'm trying to get your attention. I'm excited. I want to eat now, you know, that kind of thing. I'm overstimulated, but a lot of times it's that, they have been played with roughly with hands when they're young and they just don't understand that that's not what that, that hands are for. I always tell people hands are for loving, which means feeding and caressing, but not, not playing. That play has got to be redirected to a wand toy. So if you have a cat that's, you know, you think that his history could be that he was a rough played kitten and get that wand toy out, and as soon as he starts going after your hands, you know, put put the wand toy over there, wear him out with the wand toy so that he's not biting your hands. If cats learn that biting is effective for anything that they want, any one of these 10 reasons, it gets you to feed me, it gets your attention, it gets you to stop doing what you're doing, then they're going to do more of it because they are masters at realizing a sense of control. And if you give them control, they'll run with it. So, you know, when a cat is biting, the best thing to do is to ignore it, try to decipher why they're doing it, and figure out how to adjust schedules or adjust the way you're interacting with them to try to prevent it. So... You know, that's, uh, I can honestly say, before I started getting educated on this and the cats that I've owned in the past, 
I was that person that would just play with those little kittens. You just can't ha- help but just to throw your little fingers down there and play with them. But the bigger the cats get and the bigger the claws get and the teeth get, I mean, it becomes uncomfortable and they can pretty much rip you up and you're like, stop that. Well, I didn't realize I was teaching that cat to do all that to me. And I, yeah. I was, I, I, I felt bad, you know, thinking back, okay. And now I don't even let that happen, you know, as much as I wanted to with Pico when he was little, you know, now he's 12, 13 pounds. And you know, <laughs> if I put my hands down there, he's, he's big enough to rip the my entire skin off (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and it's it's hard not to want to play with them like that when they're little and so cute but then you got to think of it from their point of view something can't be okay for six months you know during a sensitive development period and then all of a sudden not be okay you know they're like what the heck happened i was just doing what we always do i always jump at you and bite you and then you play with me you right. know, so right. yeah, right. we've got to send consistent signals to cats, but oftentimes when we adopt adult cats, we don't know what that background was like. It could be abuse and neglect, or it could be that, you know, they were playing with them inappropriately and allowing biting when they were a kitten and now they didn't know how to control it. So they just surrendered the cat to the shelter that happens. Yeah. So. Yeah. I could see that happening. And I know that it, you know, I probably was not a good role model in those days about that. So I'm glad I taught, I learned something from you and you taught me something, my love. That's right. It's our purpose of being <laughs> together to make you the best cat Make me cat ever. knowledgeable. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a great show and thank you for those 10 things. And uh, I'm sure people will have some questions on that. And if you do have questions out there, uh, please email Molly at Molly at cattalkradio.com. She would love to hear your stories and yeah, hear some of these examples. You know, suggestions you have for our show, topics. We're always looking for new topics. If you haven't found it on one of our episodes, um, email me, molly at cattalkradio.com. Happy That's to have right. your ideas. That's right. And I'd like for everyone out there listening I would like to invite you to help support the work that Molly does. She provides these resources for free. She works many behavior cases for low-income families. And she does all this to help keep shelter cats or cats out of shelters. I got that turned around. Cats (laughs) out of shelters. (laughs) So, you know, so if you uh, also care about the plight of shelter cats, consider sending us a gratuity donation. It's super easy. Just go to the store, catbehaviorsolutions.org, the website, and you'll see on there, you can scroll down past the products and there are donation amounts you can add to your cart. And it would be great help for what Molly does. Yes, and while you're there, pick up some toys and stuff for your cats. We've got the world's best wand toy. We've got wow, these cute yeah. handmade harnesses. We we handmade those my, are awesome. I know one of my best friends here in in New Mexico hand makes these harnesses for us, and there's a limited supply. So go and check out the new harnesses. Cats like to you know enrichment. Some cats love to go out on a leash and learn to do that. It's great. 
So pick up something for your cat there too. Be sure to find us on social media. You know, find us on Facebook and like the page, follow us on Instagram, all that good stuff because it really helps. You know, we we sadly people judge people by how many followers they have and we don't take any money or spend a lot of money outside of all the money that comes in goes towards cats, you know, free consultations, products, trying to help people who can't afford it, feed their cats properly, shelter cats, that kind of thing. So um, I really don't want to have to hire a social media company to help us with that. So if you're listening, go out there and find us on Facebook and like us and share the page with your friends. Yes. Because we're going to keep doing this show and hanging in there with you and helping you increase the bond with your cat as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is, is the, the number, number one, one cause, cause of death, of death in cats. In cats. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Until next time, everybody, keep calm and purr on. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 